0: God, if you brought your Bible with you today, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 29. If you've got your Bible apps on your phone, look it up with me as well. It'll always be best if you can both hear it and see it, and sometimes it even helps more if you say it. So if I have you hear it, see it, and say it, maybe write it down too. (laughs) maybe draw a picture of it i don't know do whatever you can but we want the word of god to register on us and uh, so we can come into the light of our the light of his uh, word when i was a uh, in my late teens uh, there was a a girl who was uh, a friend she was really dating a friend of mine and uh, she was you know about our same age and she got in a car accident and we got got the word it you know some kind of rollover thing and she was in bad shape in a coma and about to die and we heard this we're like meaning friends and I and I uh one of my friends may even be here I don't know where he there it's Scott right over there found you caught you <laughs> uh uh he may remember the story uh but you know, we heard about this, and uh, and then actually, Scott and I were about, we were going in to play racquetball. And I don't know if you even remember this story, but uh, we were about to play racquetball, and this, we just found out. I don't remember the exact timeline, but all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, I just, it just, it hit me so hard. All of a sudden, I realized this friend of ours is about to go to hell. Because she doesn't know the Lord. And... And it, it was so big, and, and I'm just, I didn't know what to do. Inside, I'm like, ah. And we ran, we went over and, and drove to see a, a minister friend of ours. See, this is, I'm not in ministry. I'm not even in Bible school or anything like that. Uh, I'm a Christian, but I don't know, I don't know a whole lot. Um, and we went over to see this guy we knew who was a minister who was in town for visiting from out of town, and just asking him questions: Why? What? <laughs> Why is this happening? What can? What can be done? And of course, he doesn't know anything about the situation. I mean, no, that's kind of a tough position to be in to answer that in that moment. And I remember him trying to, you know, he he drew our attention a little bit to Ephesians uh, chapter uh, uh, chapter uh, six over there, talking about children obeying their parents and the Lord, and if. You'll do that, it'll go well with you, and you'll live a long life. You know, and so it, it drew some answers a little bit, but they weren't concrete because he's just thrown out principles. So we didn't know in that certain situation why and why did this happen, And but I was struggling with it. It's like all of a sudden someone close to us, I mean semi-close, but a friend, you know, is going through a tragedy, and it's really bad because she doesn't know the Lord, and and I and I'd recognized that I wasn't the only one asking those questions. And I'm, not, I'm still not the only one who deals with those questions. But it became a desire of mine to understand. I wanted to understand why things happen. I still want to. I don't know everything yet. But I'm still learning. But I, I want to understand why things happen. Why they don't happen. Why in situations are people uh, sometimes tragically cut short... And so I've always been a seeker of truth in regards to these. In large part, not just for my own comfort, but I want to know what I can avoid. I want to know what can be changed. Did it have to happen that way? Could we have done something about it? You know, and obviously going backwards you can't, but going forward, is there anything we can avoid? Can I stop some things before they happen? You know, in my own life, in other people's lives. And so look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 29, if you, if you notice here, uh, in the 29th verse, twenty-nine, twenty-nine, It reads, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, how many understand here, there are secret things. There are some things that are secret. Say, what do you mean they're secret? I mean, God knows them, and we don't. (laughs) Uh, He may tell you about them, and He may not tell you about them. There is no promise or guarantee that we are going to become all-knowing. In fact, I can just tell you up front, we're not (laughs) going to be all-knowing all-knowing in this life and know everything about everything so there here's the point there are secrets in the in the heart or mind of God there are also secrets between God's people certain people and him meaning he knows they know but you don't know you Say will the Lord tell me what that is well I will tell you this he's not a gossip and you can be sure that he'll keep your things secret between you and him too. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know for certain. There's some I just know there there exists elements within the mind of God that are between him and another person. Just like my wife and I know things between each other. It's no one else's business because it's within our relationship. Yeah. And and so there are those elements that that do exist. Um uh, you know the scripture even says in the new testament paul said first in first corinthians chapter 13 for we know in part and we prophesy in part so uh, as i set this up no matter how far we go the end of the the end of this is not going to be we know in full and we prophesy in full in other words while we're here in this life we're not going to know everything or see everything Understanding that, we can then um, move forward with what we what we can know. All right, and so it's entirely possible, though, that if you knew some things, you would wish you you didn't know them. I don't know that knowing everything is always a blessing. I mean, I don't know that I could handle knowing everything that there is to know. There are some things. I know it's not a scripture, and in many cases it's misused. But in some cases, we are blissfully ignorant. <laughs> we don't have to deal with it. How many know this This as well? That with knowledge comes responsibility. And so, do I want to know? Well, do I want to be accountable for knowing? <laughs> do I want to be uh, responsible for doing something What with the knowledge that I get? And so, having said this... Um, I want to focus more on the latter part of this verse, which, which tells us, um, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So the parts that are revealed, I want to make sure I'm walking in the light of that. I want to make sure I have a, an understanding of what God has revealed to, uh, well, to people in general. And, and so I started asking the question, what can we know? If I'm not going to know everything, I'm not going to become all-knowing as a result of, of my desire or study or being in a, a series like this. What can I know? I, I believe that we can know, number one, what God has made available to everybody. There are principles, there are truths, there are realities that God has made known and anyone has access to that. By the way, FYI, with what God has been has made known, the vast majority of people know this much of it. They really do. And there's different reasons for that, but people don't know much. It's not like, well, wow, why hasn't God shown us all this other stuff? Okay? Well, who says he hasn't? Who says it's not available? Just because you don't know it. I can tell you this. There are a bunch of things I know today that I didn't, didn't know ten years ago. There are a bunch of things I understand. And I'm thankful for the understanding. But I didn't understand some some uh, m- many years ago. And so I've come into the knowledge of it. And I'm, I'm seeking more of that. So number one, we can know what God has made available to all. Secondly, we can know what God, uh, we can know what pertains to us. If it pertains to my life, I have, a, my, I have a personal relationship with the Father. I have a right to ask Him and seek Him and, and seek understanding of what has happened to me or what hasn't happened to me, why something worked, why something didn't work, why it went wrong. I have a right to know that and he will talk to me and he will reveal stuff concerning our own lives. And then number 3, number 3 what can we know is what God chooses to tell us. In other words, is there there should be no expectation necessarily that what God says to one person he's required to say to someone else. <laughs> That's your own relationship. I, I've have spoken to personally to multiple people. I mean, not a lot, but a very few people, whom years before the event that took place on 9/11, God showed it to them in a vision. One person in particular said the Lord was the Lord uh, visited this individual and showed them that that event. And he said to the he said to the Lord, "Why are you showing me showing this to me?" He said, "Can can this be stopped? Am I supposed to pray about this and stop this?" And the Lord told him, "No, you can't stop that." He said, "Then well, why why are you telling me this?" He said, "Just because you're my friend." And I thought, "Well, think about that. I wonder how much I could know just if I was a good friend of God." <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you have a friend and that's involved in a certain, you know, industry or business or whatever, you probably have insights into that just because you guys talk. You spend time. We go out to eat together, and they tell me what's going on and what's really going on in the government or something like that. <laughs> wow, I have a friend there, and it's between you. But, well, what if you were friends with God? What if you spent so much time with him that he considered you to be someone he can just share things with from time to time, and he's just giving you a heads up so you'll know he's got things, un, you know, handled? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Something to consider. I, I can give you this, um, well, th- that we should seek truth. Look over with me at, at Matthew chapter 7 real quick. You might be familiar with this, but it's, it's, it's good for us to pay attention to. Matthew chapter 7 Jesus taught here three types of prayer Matthew 7 notice with me in verse 7 we'll read uh, seven and eight actually uh, it, it reads ask and it will be given to you so what's that what kind of prayer is that that's when you need something that you don't have you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find well what kind of prayer is that that's when you don't know something you don't know, and so you have to seek it out. Seek it out. And then knock, and it will be open unto you. That's opportunity. That's that's direction. So forth. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. So my heart and desire for every person as we teach in this, in this particular series is that we would all be seekers. Seekers of what? Truth. Seek understanding. Seek the knowledge of God to be imparted to us so we can see things through His eyes and gain understanding uh, in life. Praise God. And so we must seek the truth. Don't assume that all answers will come immediately. I would be happy to give out hand out personal answers to everyone if I knew everything about everything that, that has happened or will happen. But there is not a one-sentence answer to the why question. Okay? Now, I'm not setting you up for disappointment, hopefully not, (laughs) because there's a lot of truth. But if there was a one-sentence answer, this wouldn't be a series. This would be an email. (laughs) Want to know why? (laughs) We may even charge for it then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here I can give you some bad answers. Can I give you some bad answers of, 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 of why? In other words, these are not the answer. These are some, some bad answers. Here's, here's one that's commonly said. You never know what God's going to do. Well, why did this happen? Well, you just never can tell. You just never know what God's going to do. How many? The, that's not a good answer. Why? That's an insult. That's the kind of thing you say about a person who's unreliable, who's unfaithful. You can't count on them. You never know what they're going to do. Do you, you know anyone like that? Well, so-and-so said they'd come and they'd be at this event, and but you never really know. You did not just pay them a compliment. Now, you might have been truthful in that statement, but if that's said about me, if someone says, well, you never know what he's going to do because he might come, he might do what he says, he might do something else, you never know. i got a character issue. All right, God does not have a character issue. If we don't know what He's going to do, it's not on His end. It's because we haven't come to learn about Him and know Him uh, personally. Uh, Here's another one. Here's another bad answer. God needed, needed another flower in His garden. That's kind of one of those answers when someone passes away, you know, early. He needed another flower in His garden. No, no, no. People do not turn into flowers when they die. No. Uh, another related one is God needed another angel in the choir. Uh, number one, people do not turn into angels when they die. Angel is a different class of being. It's a different part, type of creation. They're amazing and awesome and looking forward to hanging with a few. But I'm never going to be an angel and neither are you. All right? He did not need another angel in the choir. And I don't know if you can sing either. Well, we can all sing. We don't all sound good, but we can all sing. I don't know what that's going to look like in heaven. Hopefully, there's like auto uh, pitch. You know, they have in the electronics nowadays, it'll fix people who are sing flat and sing. Hopefully, that exists in heaven, and we all sound amazing forever. All right. Here's another one, another bad answer. There is a purpose for your pain. A lot of these things come out in memes nowadays and they get passed around. There's a purpose for your pain. That's not a good answer. One, there's the implication there. There's the subtle underlying theme that your pain was authored by God. When you say purpose like that, well, it assumes that God had a divine purpose in causing or allowing or being somehow involved in that problem. That's an assumption we shouldn't make. Assume, well, God, no, 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 no purpose. Here's the purpose. Pain was supposed to hurt you. So well, why would God do that? I didn't say God did that. I'm just saying that's the purpose of pain, <laughs> to hurt. And so, no, I don't like that kind of answer. It, it implies something that that, it, that is, isn't, isn't true. All right? Here's another one, uh, another bad answer. God is punishing you for your disobedience. He's punishing you. That's why you're having all this problem. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, because he punished Jesus for my disobedience. Jesus went on the cross in my place. He was the substitute. So we don't we don't get punished for No, no. I accepted Jesus so I wouldn't have to get punished for my disobedience. Food for thought. Some of you're going, "Hmm." See the ge- the gears are turning. Uh Here's another one. God is teaching you a lesson. Well, God's just teaching you a lesson, and He needed you to learn some things through this experience. Well, I hope to learn things through all experiences. I think the smart person will learn through good and bad experiences. But am I ask the question, is that God's method of teaching me? I don't see that in Scripture, that that's His method. If He if that was the method, why did He give teachers? Why did He give His Holy Spirit? Why do I have the written word? Because there's a better way to learn. (laughs) You know, as the the old saying goes, the the school of experience is a great teacher, but the tuition is way too high. (laughs) Now listen, I want to learn through experience, but I'd, I'd rather not learn through negative experiences. If I go through them, yes, learn. But that doesn't mean it was God's method of teaching me. Right? You know, it's like if the little kid puts their hand on the stove when it's hot, and they burn their hand. Did they learn? (laughs) They learned. They learned heat, hot, (laughs) pain, burn. Don't do that. But was that the parent's way of teaching them? If that that was their parent's way of teaching, that parent has some issues. Let me show you a little, Jimmy, what happens when flesh meets high temperatures. (laughs) just wanted you to never forget this. I want to knock that parent in the head. Amen. Say, you can teach your kids a better way. Right. Now, if they happen to do that and they learn, great, I think it'll work. <laughs> but I'd rather just give them words. Right. I'd rather teach them the principle. Amen. Here's the here's here's my point in, in, in some of this. Until you remove the God has a secret plan from the equation you will never understand why. It is a common thread of thought. It's the answer that people give when they don't know why, but think they still have to give an answer. So it jumps into the, God has a... Mysterious way, a secret plan, an unknown process and purpose happening here, and that's the answer. Well, if one, if that were true, my series would be over because I just say that and let's move on. You're never gonna know, except your confusion. <laughs> You'll not know until you get to heaven. God has a secret, mysterious plan that He's working. But again, let me let me let me say it again. If we don't remove that from the equation, we'll never get to the truth. Because that answer will lock us into a belief that we cannot know. I cannot understand. It's beyond my capacity for some unknown reason. You all got quiet on that one. There was a guy, a minister, maybe you've heard of him, uh, named Norval Hayes. And... uh, uh, N- Norval Hayes had, when he was 10 years old uh, his his mother died of cancer and he as he tell, told the story he said he cried for 4 years whenever it would come up and different things would come up he'd cry about losing his mother and you could understand that and uh, he was quite heartbroken and and then he started praying and started asking the Lord why did you Why did this happen? You know, why? basically, why didn't you heal her? This was his question. He he read the, the, the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and saw how Jesus healed people. Why didn't you heal my mother? The Lord answered him and said to him, he said, I didn't kill your mother with cancer. He said, I didn't have anything to do with it. He said, I couldn't heal her. He said, she went to a church, that wouldn't teach her about my healing power. He was as shocked at that answer as as some are today. And I know that'll that, that, that'll tweak some theology right there. What do you mean the Lord couldn't? Alright? Now, if that tweaks your brain a little bit, then you're in the right place. To start to see answers, to begin to understand. Alright? And I'm going, to t- I'm going to encourage you, uh, hold on to some statements that, are, that may be strong and may be different than what you've heard, and hear the whole thing, and, and ponder the whole, the whole subject. Uh, the book of Hosea, you don't need to turn there, uh, but chapter 4 and verse 6, the first part of that verse reads this way. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why are they destroyed? Lack of knowledge. Not, my people are destroyed because of God's will. Because God wants them to be destroyed. In fact, just the opposite. The knowledge was the protector of the destruction. It was holding back destruction. But the lack of knowledge allowed destruction to come in. God didn't want it to happen, yet nevertheless, it did happen. Amen. Someone might think, well, I just believe that whatever God wants to happen will happen. Now, understand, I, I, I mean this in a nice way, but that's ignorance of God's Word, to say that and to think that way. It is ignorance of, the, uh, of God's revealed Word. Listen to this. Uh, even 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 tells us that God desires all to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Well, the reality is not all people are being saved. Not all people are coming to a knowledge of the truth. Yet God wants them to. His will is not being done. His desire is not coming to pass. In fact, if you go a little bit further, you could go to the what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, "Pray this will. pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, why would I pray that if it's automatic? If God's will is always done, if it's automatically going to happen, why would I ask Him and pray that it would be done? Okay. The reason is because God's will is often not done. Very often, the opposite of God's will is done, and someone needs to pray. Someone needs to contradict the circumstance, the event, the behavior that is contrary to God's will. Everybody okay? So then... If I were to say, well, whatever God wants to happen is just going to happen, period, then I also have to say that my faith, my obedience, my prayer life, my relationship with God, all that means nothing. It has no bearing on my experience or the experience of those around me or the world around me. It absolutely means nothing. And I don't think any of us would think that. I don't think anyone would say, oh, it doesn't matter whether you pray or don't pray, whether you believe or don't believe, whether you live your life as a dirty, rotten scoundrel, or you, <laughs> you treat people with love and forgiveness, and you're, whether you're generous or whether you're stingy. Or We all think those things matter. But that doesn't coincide with God always gets what he wants. His will is always done. If I think that God's will is always done, I'm also, it, really without saying it, I'm also saying I have been perfectly obedient to God's will every moment of my life. And I can't say that in the mirror. Because I know. <laughs> I've done some things my own way. And, and, and gone contrary to His will in my own life. What about people who live with worry and fear? How does that play out in their life? Does that matter at all? I think it does. That's why he gives us instructions not to allow those types of thoughts. So, could those elements play into something going wrong in in life? For sure, they can. They can. Uh, I remember hearing a story about a couple of guys who are, you know, working at a factory, and this factory had had a lot of uh, accidents and people had died, and, and you know they were basically ignoring some of the safety protocols and. One person was saying to the other, uh, "It's just, it's just, it's just a uh, you know confusing. It's just I don't understand why why God is taking so so many of these people." And the other person said, "Yeah, and it's interesting how that when people follow the rules, He doesn't take near as many of them." So, See, it goes to the theology there where one person says everything that happens must have been preordained and decided by God. And every person, every person that died young it had to have been God's plan. No, no, that's crazy. And Religion has messed our brains up to think that way. That's not only not logical, it's not scriptural. Let me throw this out to you. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Say, well, He died for our sins. I know, but if, if, if the definition of God being God means that God can do anything He wanted, anytime He wants, however He wants, for whatever reason He wants, then again, I go back to the other question, then why did Jesus die on the cross? Why go through all the trouble? Why go through all the rigmarole? That was painful. Why not? Why didn't the Lord just because, hey, I'm God... I absolve all people of sin. Or, I absolve anyone who asks. If you ask to be forgiven, I forgive everybody. Wouldn't that have been easier? Say, yeah, that's a good point. That would have been easier. Way easier. Say, why didn't he do it that way? Because he couldn't. You can't say God couldn't do something. Yes, I can. I can get it right from the words of himself. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane before dying for your sins and mine. And he was about to go through a major ordeal and he was dealing with it internally. And he prayed. This is one of the things he said. It's Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Let this cup. What's that cup? That cup is that cup of suffering, is him being pulverized and brutalized physically and spiritually and bearing the sin of the world. He said, if there's another way we can save these people, let's do that. I mean, he's right up against it. It was for this reason he had, he had come. But when you're, you know your next step is to do this, was there another way? And why didn't we choose it? (laughs) And the Father would say, was there another way? The answer is no, there wasn't another way. That was the only way to save us. He could have left us in sin. He could have cast us aside. But He loved us too much and there wasn't another way. So you understand there are spiritual laws and principles and, and there is a legal justice system. You hear me say it pretty regularly during the altar call that when Jesus was raised from the dead that the laws of justice were satisfied. They were. Say, what if He wasn't? What if He didn't die? What if He wasn't raised from the dead? Then we'd be toast. There would not be any legal basis for God to forgive your sins. There would no be, be no legal right No way for him to take you to heaven for eternity. Hallelujah. And so uh, when a person asks questions, good questions. Why did so and so die? Well, you know, I don't know enough. It would be presumptive for me just to insert a pat answer. And say, well, this is why always, this is always the answer to this, uh, that kind of situation. But I can rule some things out. I can say, well, I know it's not this. And I know it's not this, and I know it's not this. And one thing that we can learn be essential for us to, know, to to understand is we should always stay on God's side. If ever the thoughts are, God, why did you? Why did you do it? Why did you let this happen? It's almost as if you love the person more than he does. And that's not true. What exists is a lack of understanding. We've all been there. But we always need to stay on his side. The devil will try to impl- implicate God in the crime. He'll try to put a wedge between you and your father who loves you to where you want to be give him the silent treatment for a few years. Well, I used to... Listen, I know people this way. Their situation was tragic, but they lost a spouse to a disease or something. And they stopped going to church, and they stopped serving God, and they stopped living for Him. Why? Why? It was trash, I understand, but they think somehow God had something to do with that. And I'm telling you, He didn't. He didn't have anything to do with it. Does that, does that satisfy? Well, maybe it, it sometimes leaves us in, in the why realm still. But if I can rule that out, I can still draw near to God. I can still worship Him with my whole heart, knowing that He loves me and He loves that person. And and, uh, there are some things I don't know, uh, but I know He's for us and not against us. Don't let the devil drive a wedge between you and the Father. The end result of this, I believe, our understanding and our asking good questions is that we are going to be closer to the Father, not further away closer in our relationship with God. We're going to learn from both good situations and bad situations, and and my desire is to learn how to overcome and deal with things in a better way in the future. Uh, Let me give you one more more verse in closing. I know this is kind of a lot uh, in a very short time. That's why we have more Sundays. Jesus will still be alive next Sunday, and if he comes back before we're finished, he will improve this message. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> and I'm in on that class. Here's a verse. First John chapter 5 and verse uh, 19. NIV reads, We know that, the ch- that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's pretty plainly stated. Someone said, I thought God was in control. Well, that's what a lack of teaching will get you. That's what a bunch of religious teaching gets said enough times by enough people, and everyone starts to embrace it, and they think God controls everything. And I'm telling you, that's totally unscriptural. It not only contradicts this, but if we had time, I could take you through a number of things and say, no, 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 and no. Jesus himself, he did not teach that God controls everything that happens. We have a part to play. We have a role in this. And the more we can have understanding, I tell you, it'll help us tremendously. And God will be glorified and not impl- implicated in this. And uh, I think that the- type of theology, though, blocks us from ever hearing the truth. Because it's just, a, it's a period. Yeah, right. Well, this happened, this happened, I don't understand. Well, God's in control. In other words, what? Stop talking. No, stop asking questions. Stop wondering about this. Stop, stop thinking this was unfair or unjust or something was wrong here. We just put a period on it. Well, God's in control. You just need to accept that. I don't accept that. I don't. He's all-powerful. He's, all, he's also all-loving. And he has he, he so, a whole bunch of alls. But there is more to the discussion that we can learn and grow in and understand. And I believe a lot of things can be changed. For our benefit and for His glory. Amen. Father, we love you today. Thank you.